right. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the final, final podcast here. Episode number five, actually. Day number 11 in this quarantine, or at least for me it is. Starting to get a little shack wacky at this point. Sorry if uh, that term is foreign to you. It's something my mom used to say when either me and my brother were inside too long, or, or maybe if she was just inside for too long. I don't, I don't know. Either way, it's real and it's happening. The term speaks for itself. My roommate Jordan, you remember him from episode two, is definitely starting to feel it at this point too, especially with NFL Network not running any shows from the studios out here in Culver City. We're both uh, getting a little shack wacky at this point. But either way, I was getting so bored, in fact, that I started writing another article, which I haven't done in quite a while. I released my Mock Draft 1.0 earlier this week, but that's not the one that I'm talking about. I'm writing another article that I'll be releasing hopefully sometime next week closer to next weekend and it's going to be called what an unfortunate time to start a sports podcast and so what it's about is how the of course with the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic that sports has been shut down a lot of the country has been shut down in terms of people going home and and people staying at home for work and, and such like that but what we're missing in a time like this and how it's kind of a affecting the sports in general at this point where I thought when I started this sports podcast, things that I'd be get to talk about at the beginning would be the end of the Super Bowl. First of all, I would get to talk about March Madness was something that would uh, consume some of my episodes for sure. NFL free agency. I mean, I still got to talk about that because that didn't necessarily require people to be face to face when signing contracts and such like that. MLB opening day was something that I could talk about that was supposed to start. I believe it was either yesterday or two days ago. So Wednesday or or Tuesday was when MLB opening day was supposed to be. Either way, that got pushed back as well. The NBA playoffs would have been coming up around this time as well. The NFL draft, I mean, that's still actually going to be going on. So that's something I still have been able to talk about as I will today with my mock draft 1.0. But that's something that I could have been talking about more in depth with, I think. The Summer Olympics, that's that was supposed to be happening this upcoming summer, but that has been postponed a whole year. That was something new that just came out this week, so that was that's another thing that I won't be able to talk about for a whole another year. And then the new NFL season, MLB postseason, new NBA season, etc., etc. All this stuff piling on top of each other. This is what I was expecting to have for content in my new sports podcast, which unfortunately... I don't necessarily have all of that right now. Add in some of the personal trips that I was going to have to sprinkle in my my episodes. I mean, personal trip to Las Vegas and Nashville for a bachelor party. Uh, I was going to go to Madison back in Wisconsin for my brother's graduation, which I believe right now has at least been postponed. I don't know if it's been canceled outright, but I know it's not going to be face-to-face on the date that they originally planned in May. Um, I was also had to go home to be the best man at a wedding in June. I'm not sure. I should probably check on that, actually, that that's still uh, on schedule right now. But still, content for months, easy, I was thinking. Perfect time to start a podcast at the end of February, I believe, is when I started this, or middle of February. But either way, here we are with the coronavirus pandemic, and here I am talking about stuff that I can't do. Instead, now what we get for sports is all these flashback games and on social media, all you're seeing is all these people ranking their top five NFL quarterbacks or their top five college quarterbacks or, I don't know, top five 
favorite players and this and that. And then on ESPN and NFL Network, we're getting reliving some of the best games and such where, yeah, that's great for now, but of course we'd rather have the real thing at this point. So yeah, that's that's kind of what my, my next article is going to be about. I was just, uh, I was thinking about that sitting in my room one day. I was thinking, you know what? I might as well start writing. I got all this extra time and I thought this was the perfect title for my next article. So look for that next week on my website, thefinalfinalofficial.com. Uh, that'll be released sometime then. So like I said, day 11 of the quarantine for myself. I haven't left the house except for going grocery shopping once. And uh, believe it or not, I was actually able to get to a grocery store that was that was stocked at this point when I went. And uh, there was a line outside, but that was just to limit the amount of people going in at once, which I thought was, I mean, safe, but that was the first time I ever saw that. So that was uh, a little interesting to see. But of course, the first thing that everybody gets when they go to the grocery store is toilet paper. And uh, Jordan and I run a little low at this point, two rolls left. <laughs> so we'll have to figure something out quick, but I stocked up on everything else that was there. I mean, I've got like at least like 15 pounds of potatoes in my cupboards right now. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'll be able to live off of that for a while, but otherwise we're doing okay in that sense. But that's the only time I've left the house at this point is for the essential needs. And I'm going to have to go again for the toilet paper, like I said, but we'll figure it out somewhere down the line. But otherwise, day 11, hopefully you're all staying safe inside and, and weathering through this. One thing that I did actually for the first time ever, I've done this. I downloaded a game onto my phone and I actually purchased an in-app package in this game, I'll tell you, I'm a little embarrassed about it. It was like $4.99 worth. $4.99 worth. I mean, first time I've done that. So, uh, I mean, the, the free version was just getting boring to the point where I couldn't beat some of the other players that I was playing against. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just do one in-app purchase, and then maybe I'll I'll, I'll be able to, to catch up with some of these guys. And it worked. But uh, that's where it starts. <laughs> it can go downhill from there. I see all these, like, deals now that I bought one. They, you know, they, they show you the rest of them. And they're enticing, so I just gotta be careful when I when I do that. But that was uh, something I've done during this quarantine so far: is download and purchase my first in-app game on my phone. So that was uh, pretty interesting. I've watched Jordan go through three seasons of MLB The Show now uh, as the the my player or whatever they call it. He got drafted to the Tigers, and uh, I believe he's still unfortunately on that team right now. He's been trying to force a trade out since I think they drafted him which is uh, pretty funny. So that's another thing. I literally just sit and I watch him hit like 80 home runs a season, and it's the only sports that I get right now. So that's where we're at with sports in that sense. I thought about uh, buying a yoga mat, actually, so I could do some workouts not on my wooden floor because, one, they're hard, and two, they're not the cleanest wooden floor you've ever seen. And actually, Jordan yesterday tried to go for a run but that really didn't work out for him. He, he didn't enjoy that at all. Jordan used to play uh, college football back in Illinois. So he had a strict workout schedule, like insane. All colleges do, I'm sure. But Jordan, it kind of like burnt him out. So he tried to go for a run the other day and he's like, yeah, that's not for me anymore. It was just the funniest thing watching him come back uh, after like running for like 20, 25 minutes. But it was, it was super funny because he was just getting so bored inside that he just needed to try and get outside for a little bit but, so that was good so i thought about buying a yoga mat i'm not sure if i will though because i know as soon as this is all over i'll literally never use it again because i'll just go to the gym and and do my workouts there 
but I'm really getting close to buying one at this point. So the willpower is starting to fade. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes from this point. Like I mentioned before, I've also uh, started writing articles again. Like I said, the what an unfortunate time to start a sports podcast. That one will be next week. But this past Wednesday, I released my mock draft 1.0, what I think some teams, what they should and who they should draft in the upcoming NFL draft this April. I believe it starts April 23rd. It has been postponed. It's going to be virtual. Jordan's been telling me a little bit about it. It's going to be virtual online or on on TV with with Roger Goodell, and they're somehow trying to connect some of the players by putting cameras in their houses or giving them iPads in a sense like that so that they can get the reactions. You see it all the time, even when players don't show up to the draft, not all the first-rounders. They still get cameras in these houses usually, but we'll see how that uh, differentiates this time with this pandemic going on. But anyways, so my mock draft 1.0 was released this past Wednesday. I'll go through uh, some of the picks and some of my favorite picks, some of the picks that I thought were uh, more difficult to make and some of the picks that I think are are pretty solid in what this team should do in terms of their needs on this team. So to start off, one through three seem pretty straightforward unless there's a trade that is going to be made for one of those top spots. So number one to the Bengals, I got Joe Burrow. Just like everybody else, the Bengals need a new quarterback. They have their new head coach in Zach Taylor. He'll be going into his second year. He's known as a quarterback's guy, so give him a new quarterback in Joe Burrow. I mean, especially off of the historic season that he just came back from, 60 passing touchdowns, of course. I believe his completion percentage was above 70% as well. I mean, and he'll have, I mean, Zach Taylor will have some weapons with Burrow to go and throw to and to use on that offensive side. A.J. Green, they franchise tagged. Tyler Boyd and John Ross, two fast guys on the outside as well. Throw in Joe Mixon in there. And then they've got first-round pick from last year, Jonah Williams. He'll be coming back healthy as well to help bolster that offensive line. I mean, that offense, the rest of the team still needs a lot of work, but that offense could look a little uh, intriguing for sure with Joe Burrow in the mix. So that's why I've got the Bengals taking Joe Burrow there, obvious need, best player. The Washington Redskins then would take Chase Young. And I watched Chase Young at least two or three times this past college football season, twice when he beat up on the Wisconsin Badgers the first game when he had four sacks against them. And then, of course, the second game, they had to force so much attention to him that uh, other guys were able to get free. And, man, this guy is so fast. But, I mean, I can agree with what all these scouts are saying beating up on when he's beating up on the Badgers offensive line for sure. But new head coach for the Washington Redskins, Ron Rivera, he'll have no doubt one of the best pass rushing teams in the NFL now at this sense with Chase Young on one side, last year's first round pick Montez Sweat on the other side, and the two Alabama boys, uh, the defensive tackles up the middle. That's going to be a hard group to stop. So that's why I've got Chase Young going to the Redskins. Detroit Lions then taking Jeff Okuda, another Ohio State guy. The Lions just recently traded. Like I said last week, they traded away Darius Slay to the Eagles. There was already kind of a need at cornerback, even with Slay there, because they couldn't really lock down that second cornerback spot. But now you bring in Okuda. They signed Desmond Trufant from the Falcons. Now you've got your 1-2 at cornerback there. Cornerback now could be uh, one of the better positions for this team, no doubt about it. Another pick that I thought was really good on my part, Andrew Thomas, offensive lineman 
from the Georgia Bulldogs going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 14. Really, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should take any of the top four offensive linemen at this point. That would be Andrew Thomas, Makai Becton, Jaderic Willis, and then there's Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. Any four of those guys, if they fall to 14 to the Buccaneers, I think they got to jump on it at this point. I mean, they won the lottery this offseason, signing Tom Brady to that two-year $50 million deal. They are obviously in win-now mode, but that means they got to give Tom Brady time to throw and get it to these weapons of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brate, the tight ends and the receivers. you got to give 43-year-old Tom Brady time to get it to these guys. The best way to utilize Tom Brady is to keep him up, not let him get hurt at 43. We're not sure. I mean, he could get injured at any point. Anybody could as well. But I'm saying the best way to avoid that is to keep him standing upright and keep him off the ground. Offensive line was already a need position for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this just seems to work out. And then my last one that I thought was one of my better picks was Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver from LSU to the Eagles. The Eagles did a nice job, I thought, so far this offseason, taking care of some of the needs on their team. They traded, like I said, for Darius Slay. That was a huge need and hole on this defense. They've signed a bunch of other guys like Nikhil Roby Coleman as well to their secondary. So now they need to take care of the offensive side of the ball where... Carson Wentz is going to start needing some help, I believe. I mean, they still have Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, but those two are so injury-prone, they weren't able to stay on the field last year at all with Carson Wentz. So Justin Jefferson can come in and provide some stability there. He'll even be their best receiver. I mean, had over 110 catches, close to 18 touchdowns. I believe it was 18 touchdowns with Joe Burrow last year. I think that's a perfect fit as well. Here are some of my favorite picks that I thought I had during this this mock draft. Number one is I had Isaiah Simmons, number seven, going to the Carolina Panthers. This offseason, Luke Keekley unexpectedly retired from the team and the team. I mean, they lost a lot of other big pieces on this defense in terms of defensive line. But Luke Keekley was really what kept this defensive unit together. He retires. Isaiah Simmons is more of a linebacker safety hybrid. And he can come in and fill a bunch of these holes that have been left this offseason. Most notably, of course, the Luke Keekley one, the middle linebacker position. But if you need him to drop back in safety when it's clear passing downs, he can do that as well. If you need him to rush the passer at some points, because like I mentioned, they lost all these defensive linemen to free agency this year, he can do that as well. I think his versatility is really what's going to attract Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers to Isaiah Simmons because of all the holes and needs that they need to fill. He can fill a couple of those until they get other guys to replace those, and then he can focus on more one or two positions that they'll be looking for. Another one I really liked, Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama. He's going to the Raiders. In my mock draft, the Raiders took care of a big need on defense in terms of linebacker. They signed Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski to their middle linebacker position, so that's kind of filled up at this point. What they really need is another weapon for Derek Carr. John Gruden, Mike Mayock, thought they had that taken care of last offseason when they traded for Antonio Brown. We obviously saw how all that worked out, but now with Judy in that offense, you'd have weapons of Jerry Judy, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, and then, of course, running back Josh Jacobs with a pretty decent offensive line. I think that offense is something that John Gruden would definitely like to be working with. 
more of an offensive-minded coach. I think that would work out pretty well there. Another one I had is Javon Kinlaw to the 49ers. This is, I thought, a really fun pick because 49ers trade DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts. I think I mentioned this last week for the Colts' first-round pick this year, which was 13th overall. So with that 13th overall pick, why not just replace DeForest Buckner right off the bat with Javon Kinlaw and you get him for, you don't have to pay him the $21 million per year that the Colts are paying to Forrest Buckner. And Javon Kinlaw might be just as effective. I mean, with this defensive line of Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, Kinlaw will be like the third option that teams start to plan for. And that could be bad news for these other teams because this guy could wreck a game. And I mean, I tell you what, that's the, the 49ers will still have the best defensive front in football after losing one of their better guys. They're just going to replace him with Javon Kinlaw. It's That's my thinking, at least. Another one, Denzel Mims, the wide receiver from Baylor to the Packers. What I really wanted for the Packers for, was for them to grab one of those uh, inside linebackers in terms of Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray. But in my mock draft, both of them went before the Packers could snag them. So then my next thought was the Packers could use another wide receiver to help Aaron Rodgers out and Devontae Adams. So they have Devontae Adams on one side. Denzel Mims as a wide receiver on the other side, 6'3", big receiver, had over 65 catches, over 1,000 yards, and close to 12 touchdowns last year, so that's a big weapon for Aaron Rodgers. They just signed Devin Funches, the Packers did, in free agency, but that's more of a low-risk, high-reward kind of signing, like the linebacker Christian Kirksey, where if he can stay healthy and he can return to some of the form that he was as a Panther, then yes, it works out for the Packers, but it's not something that they should necessarily bank on for this team. So those are some of my favorite picks from this mock draft. Here's some difficult picks, some some guys that I had trouble with deciding for. One, every year, is the New England Patriots, and especially this year, because now quarterback becomes a need on this team. But I'm not sure. They picked 23rd this year, and I'm not sure if... Bill Belichick likes any of these guys in this draft. I don't know. I know the the top three quarterbacks that I have, they go one, five, and six, and they don't get anywhere close to 23. I'm not sure if the guy that they would want or the guy that would fall to them at 23 is someone that Bill Belichick would want to work with. I'm not sure if he likes the guy that he already has. And then there's so many other needs on this team. I don't know where the Patriots go at this point. So I gave them Xavier McKinney a safety out of Alabama. He's safety linebacker hybrid, not the same as Isaiah Simmons. Simmons is more of a linebacker that can also drop back and play safety, where McKinney is more of a safety, but he can come up and play some some outside linebacker and, and help with the run defense. So I gave them that as a as a weapon hybrid versatile defensive player for, for Bill Belichick there. Another team, the Atlanta Falcons, they've got some needs on this defense, especially now that the division they're in, you look at the quarterbacks, there's Tom Brady, there's Drew Brees, and now there's Teddy Bridgewater. So they need a couple things on defense. One, they need to be able to cover. And two, they need to be able to get after the, the quarterback. So I gave them a pass rusher in this sense, but I'm not sure if they have a bigger need at corner or pass rusher right now. So that was a difficult decision for me as well. The Dallas Cowboys, the pick right after the Falcons, they need a cornerback as well. That's what I gave them because they lost Byron Jones. But another big need is they just lost center Travis Frederick. He also unexpectedly retired. 
just, I think, this past week. And that was the guy that anchored that really good Dallas Cowboys offensive line. So now Dak Prescott has got to get a new center and get used to the relationship with that. So, I mean, that's another need for them. And I didn't know which way to go for the Dallas Cowboys in this sense. The Vikings was another difficult team for me. They have two first-round picks. They've lost their number one corner in Xavier Rhodes. They're losing one of their best pass rushers in Everson Griffin. They traded away Stefan Diggs, so I didn't know which way to go for them, either if I go with both defense or if I go one defense, one offense, and a wide receiver. What I did is I went both defense because I thought maybe later in the second round with how deep of a wide receiver class this is that they could pick one up there. But those are some of the more difficult picks in teams that I couldn't really get a read on on who I thought I should give them. So if you want to check out who those were, make sure you go to the final final official.com see my whole list i just gave you one through three and in some of my other favorite picks as well be sure to check the rest of those out um and then one and then i was looking at this whole this mock draft and i was looking at some of these teams the miami dolphins man how cool would that be to be the gm for them this year in, in making some of these picks for them they have three first round picks and they have six total picks in the first three rounds just Really great opportunity to improve this team. I mean, with their first pick in the first round at number five, I gave them Tua Tugavailoa, the quarterback from Alabama. I mean, he could be in discussion for the number one overall pick if he didn't injure his hip this past season. But, I mean, I think this has been the Dolphins guy all along. And so, I mean, he can sit a year or two behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I thought that was a great fit. Their other two picks, I gave them defensive end A.J. Epineza out of Iowa. And then I also gave them offensive tackle Josh Jones from Houston. But, I mean, six picks in the first three rounds, they can get another wide receiver to go along with Devontae Parker. They can get more guys on the offensive line to help protect Tua. I mean, I just think this is the perfect time for the Dolphins. I mean, we've seen how much money they've spent in free agency this year. Like I said, they have the highest payroll uh, in corners, the number one paid corner in Byron Jones, who they just got. And then they also have the number two highest paid corner, and Xavier and Howard. So there's a there's a lot looking up for the Dolphins at this point, especially with all these picks that they have in this year's draft. So make sure to check out the rest of my mock draft at the final final official.com. I'll release mock draft 2.0 the week of the NFL draft, which is still April 23rd. So just a little under a month away. So look out for that one as well. That one I'll have a whole podcast episode dedicated to each pick and why uh, I decided to go with each player to each team there. All right, in other NFL news now, Cam Newton was released by the Carolina Panthers this week. Like I mentioned a couple times now, the Panthers signed Teddy Bridgewater to that three-year, $63 million deal. They also signed P.J. Walker from the XFL. So that just led to the departure of Cam Newton from the Carolina Panthers. So now the big question is, where will Ken Newton end up in the 2020 season? What's the best place for him to play next year? And I've said this, I think, leading back at least two weeks ago now. No, maybe at least a week ago. After Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers, I thought the perfect place for him to end up would be the Los Angeles Chargers. Right now, their plan is to go into the season with Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback. And then I think they're going to be drafting a player at that sixth spot that they have. They might have to trade up if they want to get maybe Tua, if that's their guy. But either way, their plan is to start Tyrod Taylor this season 
one of, a mobile quarterback. Got him from Buffalo, led Buffalo to the playoffs, I believe, at least once in his career. My thinking is, though, if you have a mobile quarterback like that, why not get a former MVP in Cam Newton? If he's healthy, this all depends on his health, of course. If he's healthy, I think Cam Newton is the better option for the Chargers instead of Tyrod Taylor. The Chargers, they sign Cam Newton, then they draft Justin Herbert with that sixth overall pick. They've started to remake that offensive line a little bit. They signed Brian Balaga, like I said. Also traded for guard Trey Turner from the Carolina Panthers. He's been to the Pro Bowl a couple times. In this sense, you have Cam Newton. I say sign him to maybe a two, three-year deal. Have him start for two years, and you can have Justin Herbert sit and learn behind him. And then after that, Cam Newton, he'll be well over 30. I think he's over 30 now. But either way, then you can seamlessly move on to Justin Herbert where you don't have to be one of those teams that says, this is our guy going into the season. Then by week four, you're already starting your rookie quarterback when he might not necessarily be ready. That's why I've been thinking the Chargers are the perfect place for Cam Newton to go. Other places that I think could work, the Miami Dolphins, same kind of scenario. I mean, but right now they have Ryan Fitzpatrick. If they wanted a little upgrade in terms of a bridge quarterback to their rookie that they draft this year, Cam Newton could be that guy. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars is another option that I think could work too if they're not sold on Gardner Minshew. The Jaguars traded away Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears this offseason for a fourth-round pick, so they have an opening there if they don't believe in Gardner Minshew. Just a couple of things, but I think Cam Newton to the Chargers would be the best scenario for both teams in this sense. Cam Newton gets to be the starter, might get around $20, $22 million as well. Then they can, the Chargers can have Cam Newton play for two years, if he's healthy, of course, and then watch their rookie quarterback have him sit behind Cam Newton. So that's what my thinking is on the Cam Newton being released from the Carolina Panthers. But speaking of the NFL as well, there's some good news in terms of the coronavirus pandemic. Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, said he's been cleared of the virus. Remember, he tested positive. And he was on, I believe, day eight when we found out about it. He said he recovered fully. He recovered well. Another guy, too, Christian Wood, actually a former Milwaukee Buck, now plays for the Detroit Pistons. He also has fully recovered from the COVID-19 virus, as it's been reported. So that's good to hear some of these stories of recovery coming out now. So I just thought that I'd, I'd throw that in there. There's some positive coming out, as we see now. When we're, What did I say? quarantine day 11 now so there's some positivity that we can take at this point all right final thought on today world chase tag this is my new sport that i stumbled upon while being quarantined here for for over 10 days i first stumbled upon it when i was on snapchat so i don't have a lot of social media i only have snapchat and twitter i don't have the instagram or facebook or I don't know if TikTok is considered a, a whole social media thing, but either way, I don't have any of that. I just have Snapchat and Twitter, and my Twitter is not, uh, like I don't follow a bunch of people, so it doesn't get refreshed a lot. But so on Snapchat, I watch a lot of those uh, Snapchat shows, you know, that you see underneath all the stories. And, and since I've been quarantined this whole time, I started running out of things to watch, and, and more of them keep popping up, and I just keep watching more of them. And then yesterday, or two days ago now, I stumbled upon World Chase Tag as one of those stories, and I started watching it, and it is intense. It's a, it's a sport. These, these are athletes in this. 
So then I went and looked it up online. I found a bunch of YouTube clips of it as well. What it is, it's it's tag, obviously. So there's a chaser and there's an evader. They're on a 12-meter by 12-meter quad arena or stage or whatever you want to call it. And there's a bunch of obstacles, whether it be railings, platforms, I don't know, just all over the place. What am I trying to think? Like beams as well on this thing. And so how it goes, there's a chaser, there's an evader, of course, 20 seconds to tag the opponent. And there's it's like teams of four, and you send one guy out there as the chaser, one team sends guy out there as the evader. If you evade the chaser in 20 seconds, you stay out there. The team that was chasing you has to send another guy. You get a point if you evade the tag. Now, if you place the tag, that guy then becomes the evader. The next team sends out a new chaser. So you only get a point if you evade the tag. It's crazy intense. These guys are jumping over beams. They're sliding under bars that are like real low. They're walking on top of these platforms and going from platform to platform. And it all happens in 20 seconds, so it's fast paced, of course. The 20 seconds seems like it lasts for an eternity. But it's really, it was really interesting to watch. This is my new sport while I'm quarantined and I have nothing else to watch. I looked it up online. There's a, there's a worldchasetag.com that I went to, and I found these official rules right here. It's a team format that is played by two teams, and each has a maximum of five athletes. Oh, all right, there you go. So not four, it's five. Each match consists of a predetermined number of chases. So whether it's 10 to 16 chases, usually they do like 16 chases and then whoever gets first to maybe four or five points once you evade the tag. So it's pretty hard to evade a tag, I'm assuming, at this point. Each chase is 20 seconds long and has one athlete from each team. One is the chaser, one is the evader. Rule four, here, this is what I was explaining before. The winning athlete in each chase stays on as the evader and the losing athlete comes off and is replaced by a teammate who becomes the chaser in the next chase. All right, there you go. That was what I was trying to say. Here's how the, the points are. I don't know if I explained it as well as they do right here. A team is awarded one point when their athlete successfully evades their opponent for the entire 20-second duration of the chase. All right. The team with the most points after the predetermined number of chases wins the match. All right, so it's not first to four or whatever like that. So if they do, say, 10 chases, whoever has the most points after 10 chases is the winner. Tags must be made with the hand. Can't make a tag with your foot. And then if an athlete steps out of bounds, they lose that chase. All right. Pretty straightforward there. But, I mean, I went to... I went to the whole website. There's an about section. There's a history to this thing. It was formed back in 2011. They take in about their stage. They take in advice from, what is that called? Parkour. Parkour athletes, they take in consideration. Ninja Warrior, that show, those competitors, they take in their consideration when they were building this arena. They call it a 12 meter by 12 meter quad it's really, it's kind of funny that I was just, I stumbled upon this and now I found this uh, whole website. It's a new inspiration for junior fitness. That's what, that's what apparently this was started for and such like that. But it was actually really exciting. I was watching the episode that I was watching on Snapchat was called Last Gasp Tags. And this is where the chaser was able to place the tag within like the final five, three to five seconds one like either even in half seconds like that's how close that they get with some of these tags it was pretty intense and uh like i said this is the new thing that i'm going to be watching during quarantine that i that i haven't seen before 
feel free to check it out on YouTube. It's just called World Chase Tag, or you can go to the website too. Actually, they have highlights on their website as well on worldchasetag.com. So uh, that was really fun. I'm glad I found something to watch during this quarantine as I'm starting to get a little bored here, as you can tell. All right, final, final thought on today's podcast episode. The NCAA almost outdid themselves this week. So if you heard Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback for the Clemson Tigers, he tried to set up, I believe, a GoFundMe page to help with the coronavirus pandemic to raise money for relief and maybe helping with some of these hospitals and such. And initially, the NCAA shut this down because he was a college athlete, like the NCAA does. They don't allow NCAA athletes to make money at this. I believe there was a new rule where they can start making money on their own likeness or their own name and such like that. But either way, they shut this down initially because he was an NCAA athlete. They later in the week took it back and they allowed it to happen. But seriously, at the beginning, like that's just classic NCAA shutting it down. And then out of the backlash, I believe, they're allowing him to do it now at this point. It's just NCAA almost outdoing themselves uh, in terms of college athletes not allowing them to make money when Trevor Lawrence was just trying to help the cause and the relief for this pandemic that we're all in right now. So at least they were able to correct their mistake, but making it in the first place is just unbelievable, almost outdoing themselves. The NCAA, just classic at this point. All right, and that is all I have for you on this episode of the Final Final Podcast. I'll try to come up with more for next week's episode as well. As you can tell, I was struggling a little bit this week as I'm releasing my episode a day late. I couldn't think enough, couldn't think of enough to talk about for my standards at least, but I was able to conjure up enough ideas for this week's episode. Either way, I'll be back next week for another episode as well and hopefully another article for you. Be sure to check out this week's article, my mock draft 1.0 on the final final official.com. You can see all 32 of my picks for this upcoming NFL draft and my analysis behind each one in the reasoning that I think each team should select the player that I have designated for them. Please enjoy. Check it out in all your free time. Thanks again, everyone. Stay safe and stay sane at this point. Best of luck. And that is the final final.